Mississippi AMFM News Center. Good afternoon and welcome to another edition of Money Talk. I'm Neil Chrysell and Diane Duvernay, your host every week right here on AM 1290, FM 96.9, and streaming at AM 1290, KZSB.com. We're repeated at 11 and on Saturdays at 6. We're brought to you by American Riviera Bank, smart banking for smart people in Santa Barbara, at Figueroa, and Anacapa Streets, and in Montecito's Upper Village. And Arlington Financial Advisors, a leading wealth management firm in Santa Barbara, providing its clients with the personal care and attention of a small independent firm coupled with the vast resources of a major financial institution. Well, happy Monday, Neil. Welcome back from your vacation. Yes, I uh, was uh, in the fjords of northern uh, British Columbia, um, which is a very strange place for a, a New Yorker to be. Uh, but okay. I but but Question, I survived. What was your favorite animal that you saw? Uh, uh, bears, but I was really hoping for wolves, and we didn't see any wolves. So that's I'm, I'm trying. You booked the wrong trip. Yeah, I know. I'm trying to get a refund, but I don't think that's going to work. So, um, do we have a guest today? We do. We are thrilled to have with us Ramy Drozd, who is a medical doctor, board certified physician, and owner of Lucid Therapeutics, and we are thrilled to learn more about your new venture, and um, we have an exciting interview up ahead. So the first article today is entitled, The IRS is Going to Know If You Sold Taylor Swift Tickets. In a big shift, anyone who took in more than $600 a year from reselling tickets could be in for a tax surprise. A new law requiring ticketing platforms like Ticketmaster and StubHub to report to the Internal Revenue Service any users who sold more than $600 worth of tickets. Uh, For Taylor Swift, that's like a half a ticket the way they were flying off the shelves. Well, but that's what's interesting is that um, this year, uh, StubHub reported that Individual fans, as opposed to professional ticket brokers, accounted for 70% uh, of the uh, Taylor Swift ticket resales. So the people who are uh, trafficking, trafficking in this uh, Taylor Swift frenzy are individuals. Um, the um, uh, In the past, ticket selling platforms are required to send a 1099K form if users receive more than 20,000 in revenues and had more than 200 transactions. And now the law has changed. And uh, we should point out that there's a lot of uh, discussion among uh, lawmakers to change it because they think it's going to be uh, too onerous. But for the meantime, you Swifties should be careful about the money you made on your Taylor Swift tickets. I uh, only know buyers, Neil, yeah. no sellers. Uh, this is a interesting article because it really helps our area and that is California home insurance plan to return to fire zones under a new deal. Uh, after a summer that saw many of California's top home insurers pull back from the state market, the insurance commissioner announced Thursday that he struck a deal with the insurance industry to encourage new um, coverage in the state. 
And basically, and you know, it's so ironic what what the uh, commissioner said. We will give you fair uh, rate increases if you come back into the marketplace, which is sort of is uh, an obvious. But the problem in some of the states is they were very slow on rate increases and not giving enough rate increases. So uh, leading insurers such as State Farm, USAA, and Allstate all have requests for rate increases pending with the state insurance commissioner anywhere from 28% to 39%. So yes, it's going to be expensive, but it is going to be at least available, which will have an effect on the value of your home because there were people I would imagine that were not happy about buying a house where they could not get enough insurance. I know many deals that have fallen through in terms of you know, wanting to build a home and realizing you won't be able to get insurance on your $15 million build in this area. And they decided not to do it. So this will be welcome news to the economy, at least in the building um, circles. Uh, the next article is sort of, you could you could read this article every, it's just, you know, history keeps repeating itself and it's entitled, Banks Load Up on 1.2 Trillion in Risky Deposits. At mid-year, Zion's Bank Corp, which, if you recall, was one of the uh, banks that there was some suspicion could have had a uh, a problem with their depositors, are now holding $8.5 billion in brokered deposits. And brokered deposits are expensive, um, and they're also um elusive they they don't stick uh they're they're just hot money looking for the best rate so we had this problem a year ago when signature bank and others were uh faced with a run uh, of liquidity because the uh consumer wasn't as sticky as they thought and now we have banks once again you know, going to brokers like Morgan Stanley and Fidelity to get the this hot money, which is uh, somewhat risky. Well, it, it's risky for the um, financial security of the institution. It's not risky necessarily for the clients that are that are moving their money. And as as these banks ha- uh, attract more and more savvy investors, they're much more likely to be able to move with a click of the button online their deposits, and that's in essence, what happened with First Republic as well. So the next article, if it weren't for the fact that it was in the LA Times, I wouldn't have believed it. It's just so unbelievable that I assume it's correct. And that is um, when you use Zoom, which we're using right now, you are agreeing to grant and uh, a perpetual worldwide non-exclusive royalty fee um, uh, to all rights uh, uh, and necessary redistribution, publish, import, access, use, transmission, review, disclose, preserve. Okay, could you could you uh, le- less legalese, more down to earth? What are you well, trying to say here? <laughs> they, basically, they can take what we say or anyone says and uh, monetize it. Uh, I, and I just find that hard to believe. Uh, uh, the the last quote uh, in the agreement is, which no one reads these agreements, by the way, customer content is information provided by a customer through the use of Zoom service, including all data a customer chooses to record or share during a meeting or webinar, including, for example, cloud recordings, meeting transcripts, chat transcripts. 
it's just unbelievable. Uh, I, I don't know whether that's, I, I would imagine it's not widely known if a corporation is having a private meeting. What this seems to say, uh, they um, have access to the information and they can do what they want with it. Wow, that, I feel like that might have some ramifications. Yeah. I, I, still don't, I still don't believe it, but it does come from the LA Times, so we're assuming for the moment it's correct. Uh, the next article is entitled, Municipal Bond Investors Pay a Hefty Price for Not Being Taxed. And this is an interesting article because it says that uh, municipal bond investors should be theoretically uh, paying uh, for a yield that on an after-tax basis equals the after-tax yield on a taxable bond. And that's not what happens. They, 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 they. This this article in the New York Times did a reported on a study that showed that there's a 15 basis point uh, spread between what munis should yield and what it actually yields, and so this friction uh, is causing people to uh, lose out on what essentially should be an arbitrage, um, and be you know should make any difference if you're buying a, a, a taxable or non-taxable uh, a bond. And um, so uh, the uh, other point that they make in this article is that high tax states where municipal bonds are even more in demand have even a higher uh, spread than 15 basis points. So when you're putting together a municipal bond portfolio, it's really important to make sure that you're not hurting yourself by not getting the fully adjusted yield you should be getting versus taxables. Well, it's interesting because it's important for you to do that mathematical equation based upon your tax rate every single time. However, it's also important for people to not lose sight of the fact that it's okay to pay tax on it if you're making more money. And oftentimes people get so mono-focused on not paying fewer taxes that they're willing to accept a less lesser rate of return. Uh, you're listening to Money Talk on AM 1290 and FM 96.9, and we'll be right back. It's a fact. Successful wealth management is built on strategies that focus on the big picture, take a long-term view, and establish deep and valued relationships. Hello, I'm Diane Duva, founding partner at Arlington Financial Advisors, Santa Barbara's trusted family guide, empowering you to make more informed and confident decisions. At Arlington Financial Advisors, we bring order and balance to your financial life by monitoring and managing risk so you can focus on your work, family, and enjoying the moment. We are a fully independent firm offering strategic financial planning, estate and tax planning, and private money management. Our plans and portfolios are handcrafted using a rigorous and disciplined approach, supported by a consistent yet highly personalized client experience. Our clients look to Arlington Financial Advisors as a home away from home, a comfortable place to protect what they've accomplished while they prepare for what comes next. Please visit ArlingtonFinancialAdvisors.com or call me, Diane Duva, at 805-699-7300. The Jewish Federation of Greater Santa Barbara is dedicated to building a vibrant and inclusive local Jewish community and to strengthening the relationship between the Jewish community and the community at large. Here's Doug Weinstein. 
No, Jewish Federation of Greater Santa Barbara is a wonderful organization led by Cindy Silverman, who's our executive director. She came from the Anti-Defamation League. We've got Jewish counseling services here. If you've got depression, anxiety, or you need to talk to somebody, we've got people that can help you. We do a thing called Smooth Room for seniors. We provide education and entertainment and a meal. We've got a Friday holiday distribution, also for seniors. We'll deliver door-to-door a nice little gift bag with a fresh challah that I bake, and we're opening up a deli. It's going to be so much fun. It's going to be amazing. To learn more about the Jewish Federation of Greater Santa Barbara, check out the website at jewishsantabarbara.org or call 805-967-1115. Welcome back to Money Talk, brought to you by Arlington Financial Advisors, a leading wealth management firm founded on providing thoughtful, objective, and comprehensive financial guidance for families and entities who are seeking long-term financial confidence. And we can be reached at 805-564-1290, or you could email us at moneytalk1290 at gmail.com. So if you're just joining us, you ha- you're you in for a real treat, some cutting edge information. We have with us Dr. Ramey Droust, who is the owner and founder and practicing physician at Lucid Therapeutics. So before we dive into what uh, Lucid Therapeutics is, Dr. Droust, what got you interested in medicine from the get-go? Because medicine is one of those commitments that's lifelong as you're in school for quite a long time before you get an opportunity to practice. So share with us your story of how you got involved in medicine and what made you want to go into medicine. Uh, well, yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks for that question. It's it's funny, actually, I've, I've answered that question so many times and um, and I usually answer it much differently, the, parent, the, the version my parents want me to hear. <laughs> but in full disclosure, and I don't think I've mentioned this too often, I think I was 16 and my brother was in a band and his band member had left some psilocybin in in the house and I had tried a small dose and a small dose nothing huge and it had opened something up in my mind and I realized for the first time that that we're there's much more to consciousness than meets the uh, meets the eye and I immediately in the 90s um uh, started researching what psilocybin was and serotonin and became a little, you know, a hobby biologist, chemist. And, uh, and that was like pre-internet, like pretty good internet. So I did all the research I could and it turned me into uh, a physiology junkie and, and made me want to learn more about the body. And so you spent a period of time at John Hopkins, is that right? Not at. Um, I I was always trained and worked in New England, but I had, um, but uh, just before the pandemic, I started doing um, some courses with uh, with a team there that was working with psilocybin for end of life. So um, there were Brian Richards and um, and his son. Uh, so that's and they're the ones that that inspired me. They said when after working with them a little bit, they said. You can come work with us one on one, but you have to do these course, this coursework. You have to do this therapy model, and once you know what you're doing, come work with us. And that was after you had graduated from medical school and gone through your residency. Is that correct? Yeah, that was like four years ago. Oh, okay. And for those of those of our listeners that don't know what psilocybin is, could you please explain it? Sure. Psilocybin is the active ingredient 
in um, magic mushrooms, in uh, in psilocybin cubensis, typically mushrooms. It's, um, it's actually not active in any way, but once we phosphorylate it and it gets into our nervous system as psilocin, it's a thing that competes with these serotonin receptors and creates the hallucinations and the psychedelic experience that people report to as a trip. Is there is there any separate licensing um, uh, uh, procedure so that you know you could be an orthopedic surgeon, but you shouldn't be distributing these type of drugs? Is there a way to make sure that the doctors that are prescribing this actually know what they're doing? Well, I mean, psilocybin is not legal anywhere but Oregon. And so no one, except as of the past seven months, eight months, no one has been administering at all. But the one psychedelic that's legal is ketamine. And that's, that's what we're practicing with. We are totally above board. We're not doing underground work. Um, but as far as your question being uh, who should be doing and who shouldn't be doing consciousness psychedelic work, um, it's there is not a governing body that will say you can or cannot give someone ketamine. But the truth is most people without bedside experience and working in trauma um, would uh, very unlikely be inclined to, to go into this work. And so when you now, what is ketamine? Sure. So, so psychedelics in general come in many forms. The, the traditional hallucinogens that people think of are ones that bind serotonin receptors, and that's like LSD, that's mescaline, that's um, that's psilocybin, as we're talking about. Uh, there's other classes of agents that will also create a psychedelic experience, and um, ketamine, which has been legal since the late 60s or really 70s by the FDA, um, can uh, create this experience. Ketamine itself is a anesthetic. So it's the most common, most widely used dissociative anesthetic. It's on every ambulance and worldwide is the number one uh, medicine used for this. The World Health Organization mentioned this as a top 50 um, pharmaceuticals ever invented to help humankind. And used at a higher dose, it'll put you to sleep. But this, it's a long story, but through experimentation, through just observing how it works, we found and started to create processes where at much lower doses, which safely can give an outpatient center, it doesn't, it turns off the, the executive function of your brain and puts you deep into the subconscious. And it creates a very profound psychedelic experience, which can help you do really deep inner work, like psilocybin, but still a bit different. So now... At Lucid thera Therapeutics, do you have a talk therapy piece along with the um, ketamine? Yes, absolutely. We have we have a method. We have this way that we create um, the right container for someone to have a, a truly groundbreaking um, reveal in their in their in their soul and their in their consciousness. So the medicine itself is important, but we say the container is ninety percent of the work. The container is that opportunity for us to connect with the individual that's looking for change. And that could be a deep, dark place they're stuck or just a place where they're not feeling like they're living in alignment with their job, their relationships, their, their community post-pandemic. And we and we start to create intention around it. 
and we start to describe and if if you can do anything what would you do with your life let's if there was no limitations how would you align and it's hard to get there when you're stuck we start to witness this i connect them the team has many uh coaches and therapists in-house we connect and create a team of three people i'm medical um the coach is the integration piece then there's the client the three of us create the right container to do the right prep work and then finally schedule the first treatment down the line after each treatment then you go in uh then you come back and you and you go into it and you really try to build the 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 meaning behind what your journey gave you so the answer is yes there's Integration, which is what we call it, to, to make whole of your understanding of the experience is uh, paramount and not optional. Everyone has to do this. You enter a program and a process and the psychedelic is something that will catalyze a really big vision, but it's it's standalone. It's not as it's not nearly as impactful as the, the proper um, therapy piece. And so when you're working with a patient, what's the first step? So if I come to you and I say, gosh, I'm just feeling stuck, what would be the first step in, in the in the medical process? Um, well, we have integration coaches and care coordinators, uh, not, I'm sorry, intake specialists and care coordinators that'll first kind of screen, you know, make sure we have the conversations, make sure you're here for the right reasons. Um, and uh, if you seem like you're in alignment, then they book a medical assessment with with myself or um, uh, one of the other medical people. But mostly, I do it. And what we'll do is is really start to um, get to know one another. And uh, I explore eligibility too. There's a lot of reasons you shouldn't be doing this work. There's there's medical ones where your blood pressure is too high. You've had some kind of intracranial uh, problems. Um, you have a history of schizophrenia or unstable medical conditions. Um, you're, you have unbalanced uh, hormone issues. But if those aren't true and the person has the right insight and the right judgment and they understand what this is, then we start the process. So first step, to get screened and then do a medical assessment to create um, uh, that intention around their work. Do, do you have uh, trouble getting, I, I don't mean this to be uh, a wise guy question, but do, do, do you have trouble getting malpractice insurance? Uh, no, this is, this is considered, this is now, um, it's uh, considered an alternative therapy an adjunct therapy. And it's like just a, a box they check that I disclose in detail what I'm doing. And it has such a safe side effect profile. It, it, I've treated over a thousand people in Santa Barbara. Um, there's been a handful of challenging journeys, um, but those challenging journeys typically get people even more rapidly into a healing process. But their adverse outcomes are are almost totally absent from all the data and all the information we've ever um, heard and seen. You're listening to Money Talk on AM 1290 and FM 96.9, and we'll be right back. American Riviera Bank is actually really good offering the loan to small businesses. The customer service that Renee gave, it was amazing. She actually gave us step by step. She helped me with every single step on the paperwork. She was great. We found a great bank, and now we have a great coffee shop. You can bank on American Riviera. We do. American Riviera Bank. Bank on better. 
The First Tee organization introduces the game of golf to kids and teens. First Tee strives to develop quality golfers and even better people. Here's Executive Director Jessany Johnson. Part of our mission is to reach kids who wouldn't ordinarily have access to the game of golf. We are providing kids with golf clubs if they need them, with full scholarships so that cost is never prohibitive. So we have partnerships with organizations like Girls Inc., Boys and Girls Club, YMCA's, schools where our coaches go in and teach classes to these kids at no cost. We are a nonprofit, so all donations are tax deductible. Our website is firsttcentralcoast.org. To learn more about the First Tee organization, check out the website at firstteecentralcoast.org or call 805-252-2272. I think it's just vapor. Vaping is safer than smoking, isn't it? There's really not even that much nicotine in them, right? One vape pod has as much nicotine as one pack of cigarettes. My kid? My kid kid knows it's dangerous. 5.4 million American kids vape, and most think it's harmless. Get your head out of the cloud. Talk to your kid about vaping. Visit talkaboutvaping.org. That's talkaboutvaping.org. Brought to you by the American Lung Association and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Money Talk, brought to you by American Riviera, making your life easier with cutting-edge technology, mobile deposits, free use of every ATM machine in the country, and a level of service other banks can only dream about. And we can be reached at 805-564-1290, or you could email us at moneytalk1290 at gmail.com. So if you're... so. Dr. Drozd, we have a caller on the line. Do we have a caller? Yes. Hi. Hi. Um, This is Brittany. I have a question for the doctor. Can you hear me okay? Hi, Brittany. Thanks for calling. Yes, we can. Okay. I wanted to understand, where is the doctor's office? And also, doctor, where is your office? And, And then when... If I were to come to your office, what does it look like? What's inside the office? Um, so, first question, where we just opened a new location at, at 331 North Milpas. Um, so, and the office is incredible. We just I spent nine months designing it and putting it together with an architect and a designer that are in this work. And we built a place that, as we designed, we said that people wouldn't want to leave. So living walls, a really comforting space, the container is everything. We want you to trust us, but trust that the space is well held. So we designed a place that we would want to be patients in. So it's got an integration lounge, like there's a back area, the Turkish type setting where before or after you could sit and rest and, and kind of let everything seep in. We've got this immersive psychedelic integration room with these chairs and these lights and these things that which you don't have to do medicine in, but it'll help kind of lower your your vibration, kind of lower your energy level to uh, to a grounded state. But we have you know, in-person receptionist, we have, we're here, um, and you, you can't just walk in and get a treatment, but you can just walk in and meet us, and then we can schedule appointments after that. Okay, I, I just, I was, I was curious to really understand it, because uh, we're talking about it on the phone, but to, to really visualize 
uh, what happens uh, when I when, when, if I were to come to your office. And I really yeah. appreciate you explaining it. You know, the, uh, I just put up some pictures. So Google ketamine or psychedelics or lucid Santa Barbara and pull up. You can look at our Google account and see some pictures, but it's uh, uh, or our website, the lucid.life. But but it's um, but it's uh, it's an office, but it's the, the goal is for it to be a comforting office. It does not feel like a dental office or, a, or a, your, your family care doctor's office. It's, got, it's, it's, a, it's a nurturing space. So when a, when, a, when, a, when, a, when a client comes to you, do they do you ask them to uh, go to their primary care physician and uh, open up their records to you, or that's not necessary? It's not necessary. We the, we really focus on seeing people where they are. A lot of people show up to us because something else didn't work, or and I don't. I like to shift that mantra, but um, the paradigm. But we want people to show up with their diagnosis, with their meds, and they don't need a referral. This is this is a compliment to their life, a compliment to their existing practices. I want you to keep your therapist. I want you to keep your practices. And we're hoping to add to your life. And then in the back end of this, you might be inspired to shift, make a lot of changes. But we're not asking you to do that before we start. And so, you know, there's. I know that there's a psychedelic bill that recently passed uh, the California Senate. Um, I don't know the bill number, but uh, it's awaiting Governor Newsom's signature. What would that do to your practice um, if if this bill did pass to decriminalize the natural psychedelics in found in psilocybin? What would that do for your practice, and how would that change the way things work? Uh, you know, it's it's all in the design. It would we are all already in the mindset that this will pass soon, likely then allowing other agents to be available January 1, 25. So not soon. But lucid therapeutics is what we've done is created a method to to use these technologies, these psychedelic technologies, and their different forms to to um to help you witness a deeper, deeper inner healer within you and then integrate it into your life. So since we're a, a, a team that does this legally, we use ketamine, but I can't wait for psilocybin, MDMA, DMT to be legal so we can further incorporate this. Just the way, like I'm an, I was an ER doctor for 15 years, just the way if you came with a kidney infection, you know, I'd give you a quinolone. If you came with a skin infection, I'd give you this beta-lactamase penicillin. I am not suggesting ketamine is a cure for everything, um, the same way psilocybin is. And each one has its own individual fingerprint and signature, the way that they can help um, you witness yourself in a, in a big way and then move, move on with your life. So these will be just additional tools that our team uh, can use. Do, do any therapists in town feel like they're at risk of you poaching their clients? You know, what if someone's been in therapy for 15 years talking and they still feel miserable, and they come to you, and one session later they feel great. They're going to leave their therapist. Is there sort of a tension there? Um, I don't think so. Or I, I'd say there isn't for a few reasons. Um, <clears throat> therapy is incredible, and it has its, it has its lane, has its purpose, and we have a different um, purpose. If you think that you're just trying to cure depression. There, there isn't a cure for depression. There's a shift in your focus. There's always going to be shadows in your life. 
you, you typically are depressed when you focus and perseverate on that shadow. You know, you have a beautiful day. I mean, look where we live. But I want you to shift and focus in a different place. And you may kind of drift back over time to this other place. We want to give you tools to stay in a place of positivity, of lightness, of inspiration, to know that you're, the world's abundant. And when you're stuck in scarcity, you may feel depression, but but therapy in conjunction with this is always, it's always a good idea. And so, you know, aside from your teenager experimental phase, have you always been interested in alternative medicines, whether it be, you know, acupuncture or Eastern Chinese medicine, whatever it may be, do you see that uh, on the big picture being something that complements our Western way of medicine, which is basically you have an ailment and here's a drug to fix you? Yeah, good question. Um, uh, no, I'd say that opened a, this, these, a door of, of a different perception. And, but I, I was, I lived a pretty traditional uh, youth and I went to medical school and I, and I believed in that. I, it, once these doors get opened up, whether it's, like I did it, or in this method, this therapeutic modality, they stay open forever. So I persistently was open-minded. I became an osteopathic doctor rather than an allopathic. And, um, <clears throat> but, uh, and I believe in all the modalities, but I, would, but I didn't like dabble. Like in med school and college, I was like a really good student. I focused on all the things and I stayed open-minded. And it wasn't until like four years ago that this, that I re, I think, you know, it was like Michael Pollan, they call him the, the pollinator. Like literally it's like that book that started giving people consent to like dabble, to, to reach back into this space. And I was in that same way, if you know, this, this renaissance of psychedelics was, was kind of open at the same time that I was sort of leading into it. But I have a chiropractor and I've had acupuncture. I'm into all things that are beneficial and, um, to answer your question. And so are we going to a break, Neil? Is that what I'm seeing? Uh, okay. Uh, you're listening to Money Talk on AM 1290 and FM 96.9, and we'll be right back. It's a fact. Successful wealth management is built on strategies that focus on the big picture, take a long-term view, and establish deep and valued relationships. Hello, I'm Diane Duva, founding partner at Arlington Financial Advisors, Santa Barbara's trusted family guide, empowering you to make more informed and confident decisions. At Arlington Financial Advisors, we bring order and balance to your financial life by monitoring and managing risk so you can focus on your work, family, and enjoying the moment. We are a fully independent firm offering strategic financial planning, estate and tax planning, and private money management. Our plans and portfolios are handcrafted using a rigorous and disciplined approach, supported by a consistent yet highly personalized client experience. Our clients look to Arlington Financial Advisors as a home away from home, a comfortable place to protect what they've accomplished while they prepare for what comes next. Please visit ArlingtonFinancialAdvisors.com or call me, Diane Duva, at 805-699-7300. The Turner Foundation serves low-income families, seniors, and folks with special needs by owning and operating low-income apartment communities. Here's Dean Wilson. 
We really try to build community at the Turner Foundation. When we buy a property, we're interested in the people that are living there and how we can serve them. Service is the first part for us in terms of building community, that as we serve people, as we tutor their kids, or they are providing art or music or different programs, and they tend to get to know each other, and there can be a, a sense of community at the property that is wonderful in about 10 different ways. And so it starts with service for us. We tend to think in terms of apartments, multifamily, especially this low-income type of multifamily as a problem, and I see it as an opportunity. To learn more about the Turner Foundation, to volunteer, or to make a donation, go to theturnerfoundation.com or call 805-730-1200. Welcome back to Money Talk, brought to you by Arlington Financial Advisors, a leading wealth management firm founded on providing thoughtful, objective, and comprehensive financial guidance for families and entities who are seeking long-term financial confidence. And we can be reached at 805-564-1290, or you could email us at moneytalk1290 at gmail.com. So we're talking about psychedelics, and so the fact that... um, you know, there's been a lot of kind of, I I don't know if I want to say controversy, but there has been some concern that the California legislature has, legislature has passed these laws to decriminalize um, psychedelics. What, what are the people against the decriminalization of these drugs really not understanding, in your opinion? Um, I think the word drugs is, is, complicated so heavily stigmatized i think uh the war on drugs in 1970 you know was a very very effective campaign which said public enemy number one is these drugs these psychedelics these hippies you know avoiding the the draft that was such an effective campaign it didn't have any opposition no one could tweet about the alternative um uh, viewpoints and I think a lot of people still believe that it'll mess up your DNA, it'll it'll cause harm, that these will be addicted to these things. The, the truth is, the drugs I'm worried about are high fructose corn syrup, are tobacco, are alcohol. As an ER doctor, this was job security for me. Diabetes, COPD, um, liver failure, kept, we kept the ER open, these legal agents, which aren't drugs because they're socially accepted. No one gets addicted to a psychedelic. Um, ketamine, there's definitely abuse, and I, I won't deny that for a second. But the, my clients use much different dosing, and, and they go to much different places, places that you don't want to revisit. It's, it, it opens a door and lets you step back. But there's a lot of stigma around drugs. It's, it's, mushrooms are drugs. Bad people do them. But <clears throat> there's a lot of people that are on effects are an SSRIs, they're numbing their experiences, they have these really challenging symptoms and unresolved grief. So I think there's a, there's just a lot of misunderstanding. And, uh, but the data speaks for itself. This is very effective for PTSD, depression, um, the veteran data is really good out there. Um, and now it's so it's becoming undeniable, make it legal, it's not gonna, it's not harming people, it's only going to help. Now, do where does the, the do we, do we, industry fall on the on this in terms of Western medicine is so heavily relied on with the um, with the pharma industry? Is the pharmaceutical industry for or against the legalization of of the psychedelics? 
You know, um, I have a few people I've spoken to that are, are would be able to report to, to speak about it, and they're uh, they're cautiously taking a sideline, as for what I understand, waiting for the right place to jump in, and 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 ride the wave. There's an element of you know of of gain financially, and I don't think they, they're experiencing it as an immediate threat against SSRIs, but it it, it will be because I see a, a significant pr proportion of my clients are here because SSRIs are numbing their symptoms in their life and they want to live. And they're like, I've been on this for 15 years. I, my mother died and I couldn't even cry because I'm losing my ability to have a range of experience as normal. And we help them get off with the use of psychedelics and they're living their full life. So there is, it's, it's going to be a slow process. So I don't think they're, I don't think they're quite sure what the stance is, but there's no pushback yet. Do you um, uh, record the session so people can, have a record of what they were talking about uh we don't it's man it is very important uh we talk about the set and setting you know and the the set the the the, the moment that you're in the experience has to be trusted you have to trust that that we're here to support you that a doctor that's done this a thousand times will make sure your body's safe that the person is reflecting your experience is consciously aware and, and 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 trusts you and you trust yourself there's a camera in the room there's this element of like uh i i'm being watched and they, and they don't go as deep you have to surrender to the experience to let it be powerful and so all our work is on creating these medically guided safe uh, journeys so to help you surrender in a safe way. And do people remember it though without recordings? Is are they totally conscious? Yeah, most people remember them for their. Some people will say it's the most vivid experience of their life, <laughs> and they'll. I can remember my first journey like it would happen yesterday. And so, how do these? How do your treatments differ from recreational use treatments? Besides being in a much safer place than you know a kid in the middle of the woods or what have you yeah well uh great question a very important question right probably the most important thing that people know like why can't i just buy this somewhere um there's a few elements of this first uh dose right so most people will do some a little bit of a psychedelic and have that experience and will feel pleasant but it won't create a a non-ordinary state of consciousness which fully allows them to experience a, a different version of themselves. And that's how this is helpful. Having a third person kind of experienced within your own consciousness. Secondly, it's safety, right? If you're at Coachella and someone offers you this medicine you've never heard of, 2CB, and you're and there's a guy that's kind of a little, uh, making you a little uncomfortable and your friend is like gone for a minute and you try this medicine and, and it takes over. And always, now you feel like you're really, really in a place of vulnerability yet you're not safe then you go into a dark place that's called a bad trip bad trips do exist but it's all about the support if you're sitting in a, with a doctor by your side with a therapist that seems to care about you in a place that you're doing something legal people can let go and really really learn something about themselves so so support and um and and safety right i mean when you're uh, ketamine is injected we give a legal uh, we get it from the pharmacy. It's a liquid form. People will get it from typically Mexico in the veterinary uh, route and will dehydrate it's a powder. I know a lot of people that snorted a powder, that they were good people, and it was fentanyl, and uh, they've lost, and they died. And I know a lot of people that have lost a sibling, and there's a lot of them are my clients or people that... So, man, your, your 
playing with fire. So there's, there's, but the second reason is most important, the most important. A big psychedelic experience is kind of dangerous. So have it in a supervised setting. So the supervised setting. So what do you say to your critics who view using these drugs as a, as you know, what really makes you different from a drug dealer besides maybe the, the you know, there's no risk of getting fentanyl in your office, right? What, what would you say to them? Because there's gotta be that opposition to, you know, any change, there's always opposition. Yeah, no, absolutely. Surprisingly, that doesn't happen much. I thought that would, but most people that we, I connect with really understand that this is this is important work and not recreational retreat. Um, but when people use drugs recreationally, and the word recreational was also complex, but if you were per se using it on a Friday night to unwind with friends, um, the question is, what's your intention? Are you, do you have something that you're working on? Is there something, is there a shadow that you're dealing with all week long and you're trying to hide from it? When you, when you retreat from that shadow using whatever agent, when you go back, you land right back in that shadow. And sometimes it, during that process, the shadow gets louder and, and you don't work through anything. You're just hiding and coming back. That's classic for alcohol and other agents that are abused. Um, with this, it's just a tool to facilitate a really intentional process of finding out what it is that you want to shift in your life, in your body, creating a practice daily for days, maybe weeks before we start, and getting to know who you are, and then letting this catalyze something open, this heart opening, that's, that's incredible, crying, being really cathartic through it, being alone. This is about you. There's only one person that you've got to work with here, not your friends. This is about fixing you and, and not fixing God, managing the, the symptoms that you're dealing with daily and then landing back in your body better than you've ever been. So it's very different than using it for fun and or recreation. This is very pe people, people intensive. How expensive is this? Um, it's, it's, um, uh doing it for like a six-week program with like three uh, journeys uh costs almost three thousand dollars so it's 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 expensive and, and is that usually the entry level three experience three six weeks and there are three journeys there um you could do less but i highly recommend not uh i highly recommend letting this be a process and 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 making sure that you give time between experiences for it to unfold and for you to kind of integrate back into community with the things that you learn. So um, you could do less people. There's like a doing one session as possible, but we, we work pretty closely with you anyway. Um, but that was more like $1,200. And is, does insurance cover any of this? We, we offer super bills and people get as much as like 15, 20% back with a super bill. Um, but I just can't, I can't endorse or I can't, um, say which how well you'll get back like some people get five or ten percent back but some people got 20 25 percent back so it just depends on your your medical insurance provider yeah you're listening to money talk on am 1290 and fm 96.9 and we'll be right back with our final segment When you're farming a vineyard, you have 180 days to bring about a certain quality for the eventual wine. With a bank like American Riviera Bank, 
it's really comforting to have a partner that understands the agricultural landscape. Having people that communicate quickly with us, that are able to be flexible in how we're doing our business on a day-to-day -day basis has been a real strength in what we bring to our client base. You can bank on American Riviera. We do. American Riviera Bank. Bank on better. If you came across someone struggling with hunger, how would you recognize them? By their clothes? Their age? The way they speak? Would you notice a 16-year-old boy who, who got, got his first job, job? Not for extra spending money, but to help feed his little sisters? Or a mother who's in between jobs and sometimes goes to bed hungry so her kids can have dinner? Or a 14-year-old girl who signs up to every after-school activity not to make friends, but just to get something to eat? Or a retiree who fell ill and had to choose between getting medicine or groceries? I am the one in eight Americans who struggle with hunger. People you pass by every day but never knew were hungry. I am hunger in America. Hunger can be hard to recognize. Learn why at IamHungerInAmerica.org. Brought to you by Feeding America, 200 Food Bank Strong, and the Ad Council. National Grandparents' Day is observed in September, recognizing their growing importance to the survival of many American families. Grandparents are increasingly part of the year-round household for many children. About 7.1 million grandparents have their grandchildren living with them, meaning 8.3% of America's 73.1 million minors live with a grandparent. Profile America is a public service of the U.S. Census Bureau. Welcome back to Money Talk, brought to you by American Riviera Bank, making your life easier with cutting-edge technology, mobile deposits, free use of every ATM machine in the country, and a level of service other banks can only dream about. So now, when you structured your practice, you know, being a medical doctor, you have to have, you know, the patient care side as well as the business side. How is, the, how is your business structured so that you can actually make a living and live in this beautiful community? Um, a structure, um, I mean, I have an S-Corp, you know, uh, Entelechies, that's my corporation. And, and actually, I first started with San Barbara Ketamine Therapy, and, and that was the first parent company. And then the second one was Lucid Therapeutics. Um, I, and so, so does that answer the question? You're talking about um, legally? Yeah, so, so basically, how is, how is the structure for clients coming in? What, what are, what's, what's a typical um, engagement and how much does it cost? Oh, um, so um, most people, we come from by referral, by referral from primary care doctors, therapists, psychiatrists, and friends, right? So someone's, someone, we, someone's life is totally different and they, and now their friends are like, what happened to you? <laughs> like, I mean, you're so stoked all the time. And um, we, what they'll, and then some people come through the, the process is, um, they need to sign up for a medical assessment. In a medical assessment, there's a very high result. Most, I'd say 97% of people that we talk to are eligible because they're just good candidates. Um, and so you go do a medical assessment and at the medical assessment, we decide what the right program for you. Do you want to start, uh, I'd say a few percent, like 10% people kind of want to do a one-off to make sure they know what they're doing. And I'd say like 50% sign up for a th uh, three and then the rest sign up for six, knowing that there's deep work that they want to do. And then they commit to it like one by one. 
um, you we have a, a, a price to work with the integration coaches. It's just kind of like signing up for individual therapy sessions, but there is a program and an interval. And then we have uh, a price for the two-hour journey, where it's the medical, the integration coach, and, and the client. Um, and um, and so the commitment isn't to write a big check for thousands of dollars. It's it's sign up for the program and keep showing up in our in our work. And it's the easiest work we we'll ever do is to prove that there's value in in, in finishing the program. And it's it is so powerful. I think everyone just <laughs> there's not a discussion after the first session. Um, most people just. What, what are the percentages of people that are so successful they give up therapy? Oh, interesting. Um, I I don't have that number. Um, I don't think people give up on their therapists. I say it's low. What they do is they they go less often rather than going like once or twice a week. Sometimes you know when you almost just need someone just to witness you being sad or being stuck. Now they go oh a regular interval I'll go every twice a month now and this is a person i care about so um i think people do less they some people just stop drinking or they drink less some people take stop taking their ssris or stop most of their meds some people cut down to their therapy but then it's so common they'll have this beautiful six treatment course and then six months later i hear from them like what's going on there and they're like you know I had this last six months were incredible. You know, I met another person. Life is so good. And then, um, but I just got COVID and my job is getting hard and I kind of want to see it again. Let me, I want to be re-inspired. So the answer is, uh, it's different for everyone, but it just helps. Now for people interested in learning more, you, I understand you're having a grand opening celebration on November 11th. What can people expect from the grand opening if they attend? Oh, great. Thanks for asking. Um, so Veterans Day, we're having a grand opening. Um, they'll, we have this almost 3,000 square foot space. We'll have uh, our coaches will be here. Our, our our admins will be here. We'll have some guests here that are in the psychedelic space. And the goal is to show us some of their products that we're, we're offering that kind of uh, will have Kana and legal agents that kind of help you um, microdose and keep in alignment. Uh, we'll have we'll have drinks, we'll have live music and things of that nature. But I really want you to see how how nourishing the space can be. Well, we're, we're out of time. So you'll have to go see yourself and go to this event. Uh, thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Uh, all for listening. You've been listening to Money Talk, and we'll see you all next week. This is Andy Caldwell inviting you to join me for the only local talk show that covers the entire Central Coast. Following the news at K 